Let's get into the Word. Are you excited for the Word? Family, I'm excited about um, what God already has done this morning. Um, I can tell you this. Um, <clears throat> I stand before you as always, but I think today more than ever, dependent on the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, to give you a little bit of background, um, so Pastor Carl <coughs> is a little bit sick, and so he, he mentioned it to me on Thursday, and he said, you know, Pastor Ian, just be like on backup, you know, just like sort of prepare and, and try, but <coughs> yeah, in that time I was uh, I was quite busy, and um, but I said, um, absolutely, uh, I will stand in the gap. And um, anyway, so <coughs> preparation time uh, is or was not as normal. <laughs> um, it, it looked a little bit differently, I can tell you that. Um, nevertheless, the Lord showed up in a wonderful way. Um, the Lord is leading this service today. And uh, it's, not, it's not me taking the reins. It's just God using someone different. <laughs> and the moment that um, that revelation just dropped, it's about knowing that our purpose here, and it's so wonderful that Robin confirmed that, is whatever is happening on here is not the end goal. This is, this is not the end goal product the end product is building the kingdom of god he's equipping whoever is sitting inside this room and whoever is listening is equipping so that the church can move out for the great commission amen because family let's be honest with ourselves now no one of us is going to have a talent or is going to have something precious and we hide it away. We will and we are going to share it with the world. I mean, if you look at, and, and this is a more of a, uh, the perverse version of that is social media. Social media is telling us all the glory days that people are having and they're just sharing, you know, what is awesome. But the same for us, family, if God has placed a seed, if He has placed a truth, a calling, and a purpose in your heart, it does not make sense to put a lid over it, a bucket over it, for, and not for the world to see. Amen? And so expectancy really is the launch pad to our spiritual reality. Because family, I don't know about you, but I honestly am seeking the reality of the supernatural rather than the reality of earth. Amen? Amen. For my life, I want everything to be upside down. I want an upside down life. By that, I'm not saying I'm going to walk on hands. That's going to be a little bit different. Everything has its purpose. Amen? But I want to live an upside-down life. And our call to kingdom, our call to kingdom family is the, f is the start of flipping the script. 
is the start of putting ourselves second and surrendering to the purpose of God and for His will, rather than living out an earthly agenda. Now, if you think about it in this way, I want to, Elijah having the odds stacked against him, we're expecting that a supernatural God is able to bring a fire down, drenched in water, soaked in water, just to add that onto. Who of you recently in the wintertime tried to bry? And when you go to the people where you buy your, your bry out from, bry wood does not sound great. Your bry out. And they always tell you, Meneer, hy is droog. Daar is nie een stikkie water in hierdie hout nie. And then me, you know, being the ever so optimist, and always believing the best, take my bag of wood, put it in the braai, and two packets of fire lighters later, and a lot of, (laughs) only then, the fire is starting. So, Elijah, with the odds stacked against him, relied and was expectant for the fire of God to fall down on the altar. Amen? And our expectancy, family, we cannot miss this, our expectancy is in direct correlation of the outpour of the glory of God upon our lives. Listen, if if you are not expectant, the odds are that you're not going to receive. The odds are that you are not going to receive. And so with that family, and with that reminding truth, I challenge you to understand that there's a kingdom purpose for your attendance today. You are not here for you today. Sorry to say. Sorry to burst your bubble. You are not here for you today. God has placed each and every one of us here today for His kingdom's purpose. Amen? Amen, family. And to be expectant for God to share with you His heart is the launch pad into your kingdom reality. So, family, I just want you to close your eyes and we... We're going to pray and and I want you to be expectant of the word today the same way as I'm expectant. The same way as I'm standing here dependent upon the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I pray that you will be dependent upon Him. Amen. So Father, we I thank you. For the wonderful privilege it is to be your servant. Father, thank you for for my call today, Father, to stand in the gap. 
Father, so that we can build your kingdom. Father, thank you that each and every single one of us is a part of your kingdom story, is a part of your kingdom purpose. So, Father, right now we raise the bar of expectancy and Elijah expectancy of fire to fall down in this room right now. Let your word today mark the start of our call to kingdom. But not just the start, Father. Also the launch pad for a new shift in your kingdom. Father, as a congregation, we come together for a new shift in the kingdom of heaven, Father. Let the glory of who you are be multiplied on earth in the name of Jesus. Father, so we open up our hearts, we open up our minds, we open up our ears to hear only that which you want to share with us today. And so, Father, I surrender to your leading through teaching today. Speak in and through me as I am merely just your vessel. How about every and every wicked spirit trying to hinder what your purpose is for today? And I cancel every assignment that the enemy has over each and every single person standing here today, including myself, Father. I cancel that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Amen. Amen, family. A call to kingdom. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 12. And uh, <clears throat> I spoke very briefly to, to Robin about this. And many of the scriptures that, we, <coughs> that we're going to see today is, is scriptures that I haven't read in, in quite a while. Um, and uh, it's always so interesting for me that... God gives you a new revelation for the same scripture. Amen. Yet he's the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. It's so interesting that God will meet you at where your expectancy is. Amen. So it says, For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster. To give you a future and hope. That's verse 11. Isn't that amazing, family? Such a wonderful promise. And many times we stop there. Because we are in a state where we say that's enough. We are many times in a place where we say that God has a promise for me. And that is enough. No, that's not enough. That promise God has for you is not for you. That promise, that plans, that future that God has for you is for His kingdom purpose. And what is His kingdom purpose? We read in verse 12. Then you will call on me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear and I will listen to you relationship then with a deep longing say deep longing you will seek me and require me 
as a vital necessity and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Family, if we understand that our life is not our own, if we understand that with God blessing us and putting us in a place, in kingdom places, it is not for our benefit. It is for the benefit of the kingdom. Amen. I want to share with you just a, a sh very short testimony uh, of myself and of my brother. So 10 years ago, I was in the lowest of low where I could be. And to keep the short matter of the fact was I was living a earthly life. I was living solely according to my flesh. Addicted to pornography, addicted to alcohol, addicted to whatever you can think of except drugs, which is still kind of funny. Um, God saved me from that, which I'm absolutely grateful for. But everything in my life was to such a point where I was secluded on a New Year's Eve, all alone, on a beach, down south in Johansfontein. Who knows where Johansfontein is? Anyway, so I was on my way with my earthly desires, with, with who I wanted to be in that moment, going from the next party to the other one. And the Lord, in a wondrous way, stopped me right in my tracks <laughs> and secluded me on a beach, literally no one on that beach except me and the glory of the heavens in front of me. It was a full moon. The stars were shining as bright. God really showed His splendor through His creation in that moment. And my life changed completely, even, even if I didn't know it then. And this is the funny part. That was not the time where I gave my heart to God. But that was the time where the call came. That was the time where something shifted in the kingdom. That was the time where God placed my existence and my worth and He took it back in His hands. And so with that, we fast forward to me attending a gap year course, um, a Christian gap year course, and it changed my life because of that occurrence of New Year's Eve. Now we fast forward to just four months ago, <laughs> so 10 years approximately. 10 years after my encounter, 10 years after, after laboring and co-laboring with God, I get to see my brother starting to ask me questions about my faith. I get to see my brother start realizing that there's something different. I never ministered to to, to them 
Because it was the same as Jesus ministered to his family. Whenever I went with that dedication of I'm going to minister to them and I'm going to change their lives now. And, and, and the matter of the fact is there's too many eyes in that sentence. Because I wanted, and I still want it, but I didn't stand on the word. I did not let God take over. I wanted to, it to be me. I led my family to God. No, God will call your family. Amen? God will call your family. And so anyway, my brother really went through the same experience as I did 10 years ago. And I just, in, in very subtle ways, whenever he asked, I could minister to him. I could speak truths over his life. And three weeks ago, he got baptized. <laughs> and it's, I'll, I'll get emotional about this. He started asking me just about, you know, what is baptizing? You know, what does it mean? And I said, no, it's... You know, it's laying your life down and there's certain things that you have to do, um, you know, to get to that place. But I said to him, listen, if you are ready, the God will make a way for you to be baptized. And so he's in America. He's in North, North America. Listen, there's no people there. Um, <laughs> they're like a very small town. You only get a car every once a week type of thing. That's That's like... How secluded they are. But he found this wonderful church, small church. And um, they, he sent me through their, their baptizing notes. And I read through and I thought, man, this is wonderful. Everything is so scriptural. Everything is so wonderful. And, um, and then he just shared his testimony with them. So, so amazing. Someone that has never in his life... <laughs> talked about and sharing and ministering essentially comes before American people whose English we still don't understand and they don't understand him necessarily and he just starts ministering and I thought man this is the work of God amen and so family with that I want to I want to get to a place where we understand that we limit or we, we, we sometimes overestimate what we want God to do within a month or within two months or within three months. And we underestimate what He can do for all eternity. We want to see the signs. God says, listen, are you so weak of faith that you need signs? God has his own time, family. That challenged my heart to a whole, whole different level. And just yesterday, just yesterday, I got to minister to one of my uh, work people. It was, uh, I was so dumbstruck by the whole scenario because even in, in the workplace, 
people don't really talk and share. Even in the and and if you do not, I don't want to say enforce that, it's not really going to happen. Unless that's person or it's a spirit-led occasion. The same thing, and I was so encouraged by Pastor Carl's message last week, where, you know, he went for something, he went for his, with this specific agenda, and God just flipped the script. <laughs> and God said, listen, I'm going to build my kingdom. I've called you to build kingdom." Even if you are not in Langebond, I will build my kingdom through you in a place so far away and it's go, going to blow your mind. And it's not just going to blow your mind. That seed that you have sown there, you're going to bring that back and it's going to be the fruit of this congregation. Isn't that amazing, fam? And so if we, if we understand that our sacrifice of who we are the way we live, the way we portray ourselves in, in our daily lives, if we understand that that sacrifice is kingdom purpose, that sacrifice becomes a wonderful co-laboring act. Then it's not sacrifice anymore. Then it is co-laboring with God. Do, do, do you understand that? Because the thing is, many of us, when we hear the word sacrifice, our flesh immediately rises up against it because we want to be comfortable. We want to, many times, drive the car with us taking the steering wheel. But God says, listen, I'm going to give you upside down life. I will be first and you are second. My kingdom is first and you are second. Amen. Do we understand that? Now, John 4 verse 36, it says this, In this saying, in this the saying is true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. And when I read this verse, I thought, man, how intense is that? The preparation of this teaching was my co-laboring with Jesus. Was my co-laboring with God. It is the seed that was sowed. And for each and everyone listening and sitting here, you, you walk into the laboring of someone else and you get to uh, reap the reward. Isn't that amazing? The thing is, if we are not expectant, if we do not come with a heart that is expectant and a heart that has a deep longing to receive, you're going to miss it. And this changed my life because in, in Hebrews 10 verse 14, and, and before we read that verse, but if we think about Jesus co-laboring with God and being the ultimate sacrifice, 
that seed that was sown 2,000 years ago, we still get to reap the reward from that. That makes you think twice before you act and before you do. That puts you in a place where you need to understand that however we communicate with people, however you as a son and a daughter of God communicate and interact with people, will either be a reward that that person is going to reap because of what you have sown, or it is going to be their destruction. The word says that life and death lies in the power of the tongue. And so if my life, after I gave my life to Jesus and, and aligned myself with, with His kingdom purpose for my life, if I did not live within that, my brother, the odds are that he would have never asked me the questions. And because he asked me the questions, I could speak truth. We cannot miss this, family. Hebrews 10 verse 14 says, For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Through only one offering, Jesus perfected for all time those who are sanctified. My question is, it only takes, or my a statement that I want to make is, it only takes one seed. It only takes one choice. It only takes one act to open the door for God to move in someone's life. And that's why we need to be very careful of how we walk. That's why I always say this. If we look at when Jesus was baptized and he was raised and the Spirit of God came down like a dove. If you had a dove on your shoulder, if you make any sudden movement or any loud noise, that dove is away. But if you walk according to the, the identity of that dove, according to what that dove needs, according to the kingdom purpose of what God needs, He will stay with you. Amen? So family, we have to be very careful about how we live. And I, I, I say this to myself, family, because, because I was reminded yesterday, again, this work, this employee of mine, he had a demonic encounter. He, and he, he did not believe in it. <laughs> he did not believe in it. He was not faced about it. But everything that he shared with me was... Listen, that, that, that's demonic. It was a demonic attack over his life. Because he made a choice. There was a shift in kingdom. He opened his heart to the possibility of God changing his life. And that evening, in the midnight hours, they attacked him. Paralyzed him in his bed. He said he could not move. Anxiety came up. 
he, he said it was like he, he could not explain. He could not lift his, his, his duvet. Nothing. He was paralyzed in his bed. And so I could minister to him. And God challenged me. And he's asking, listen, many of your work, of your employees and the people that work for you is not necessarily saved. How is your act when you are in your work environment? How is your life in your work environment changing and sowing seed for the door to open so that I can start work and do my work in their hearts? That changed my life. That changed. It's so intense, family, because we get to a place where we treat people with a kingdom purpose. Amen? And with that, I quickly want you to close your eyes, family. And, and I want to pray this over each and every single person sitting here. I pray that that generational curse that's over your life, Father, right now I rebuke it and I bind it in the name of Jesus. Every bloodline curse, Father, I break it in the name of Jesus. Father, every assignment that was placed upon your children, anyone that's sitting in here, anyone that's listening, Father, I break it in the name of Jesus. Father, we open the door for you to come in. Father, we open the door so that you can fulfill your kingdom purpose for each and every single person. Father, we bring captive every thought and every hidden thing and we make it obedient to your word in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen, family. Give God a praise, family. Give Him a praise. So living a life of expectancy, family, is essential for us to receive. But our receiving is 120% based on our dependency of God. So living a life of expectancy means living a life of dependency. I am 100% dependent upon Jesus. We are 100% dependent upon the provision, upon the leading, upon the wisdom, upon the word of Jesus. We are nothing without them. If, if we, we need to understand that apart from God and the grace given to us, that we are nothing. And our lives will not accumulate to anything but just human toil. If we live a life secluded and away from dependency upon God, even if I gave my heart to Jesus, then our lives will just merely but human toil. And the, the, the hectic part about this is, we will be thrown into a fiery fire to be burned. If we do not live and change our lives to an upside down life, 
to be solely dependent upon Jesus. Because if you depend on yourself, if you depend on the world, that really is saying to God, listen, you're not good enough. That really is saying to God, listen, I'm a proud man. I can do this. And God hates the proud. Amen? The only foundation, family, that we can co-labor with, and the only th- the, the, the foundation that we can co-labor with God is the foundation of Jesus Christ, who died for our sins and rose again, and who will come back to get his people. If I read that verse, I'm thinking about that moment, that time of rapture. When God is coming back to fetch His children. What an immense power, glory it must be. I I, I can't even imagine to think how it's going to feel. I can't even imagine to think how it's going to feel. And God says in Proverbs 24 verse 3, He says, By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge its rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong. And this family really is the part that I want you to get. This is your kingdom purpose. If you thought that you are placed in God's kingdom, to do nothing of a surprise for you. A man of knowledge strengthens his power, for by wise guidance you can wage your war. Each and every single one of us, as the body of Christ, is placed in our position, and I will I will I will. I will speak about it now. It's placed in a position to wage war against the kingdom of God, darkness. Family, I can tell you this, that the devil is not sleeping. If we close our eyes at 10 o'clock, are we praying that the Holy Spirit will intercede for us through the night? Because I can tell you that At three o'clock in the morning, previously, not now anymore, but three o'clock in the morning, there were people on this roof praying against this church. There are people that's doing sacrifices that this is not happening. What are we doing to wage our war, to fill our role, to fill our gap of the kingdom of heaven? The devil is not sleeping, family. He's working overtime. Family, I had a very, very hectic week. And I know many of us have hectic weeks. I don't think it's something that's new to us. But I... 
my sacrifice. We had family visiting us or family visiting us right now. I didn't see my boy, I think, in, in two days. Because I'm preparing and co-laboring with God for what is happening today. Now, I don't say that to boast in myself. I say that because whenever we understand that the reward is kingdom, it does not become a sacrifice. It is a co-laboring. Amen? Solomon, it says in Luke 9 verse 24, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Amen? Solomon, I, I want to share with you now the story of Solomon and building the temple. Okay, just bear with me. We, we're almost done. I want to share with you the fact that, and, and I hope this brings everything together, is the fact that David, his father, were not uh, the best father to his, to his other kids. Not, not, he, his, his family was a little bit of a mess, um, if, we can, if we can call it that. And so his treatment of his of, of Solomon's siblings and from David towards his siblings were not the same as David treated Solomon. Now the reason for that being is the Lord said to David, listen, I'm so glad because David had a dream. David had a seed placed in his heart to build the temple of God, to build a temple for God in honor and in glory for God. And then God said to David, listen, it's wonderful. It's, it's amazing that you have that seed in your heart, but you are not going to build the temple. A son is going to be born to you and he is going to build the temple. And then when David saw that it was Solomon, they treated him very differently. They treated him very differently. And one king's... Verse 6 to 11, um, sorry, actually 1 Kings 8 verse 17. I see I switched them around. Sorry, guys. Now it was in the heart of my father David to build a house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, because it was in your heart to build a house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart, but you will not build the house. Your son who will be born to you will build the house for my name. Now the Lord has kept his promise, promise which he made. 1 Kings 6, 11 to 12. Now the word of the Lord came to Solomon, saying, If you obey my laws and keep my word, then I will keep my promise with you, which is spoken to your father David about this house you are building. Family, I want us to understand that whatever we do, the way we stand in the gap as the body of Christ has an eternal value for the next generation. The way we build this church, 
the way we let God lead us in building this church is going to have an eternal value for the next generation. Family, this church ain't going nowhere. We are. But this church is going nowhere in the name of Jesus. Do we believe that? Amen. So family, with that the dream that was placed, the calling that was placed in Pastor Carl's heart, many years ago, we are, and with that expectancy, and with the leading, and with the dependence upon Jesus Christ, upon the leading of the Holy Spirit, we get to sit here reaping the fruit of that labor. And so the same with Solomon. David had a dream, had a calling to build a house for the Lord. And because David, and because the Lord placed that upon his heart, David treasured that calling, and he placed it upon Solomon, and the promise was fulfilled. So whatever we say and whatever we dream about our children, about the next generation, becomes very real. It becomes very real where we sacrifice our time with family, our time with maybe watching the rugby or whatever the case was for me just yesterday. If we sacrifice that family, and we understand that it's a, not a sacrifice, but a co-laboring. The eternal value of that is the fruit that not just you are going to reap, because in every fruit, there's a new potential seed. Listen very carefully. In every fruit, there is a new potential seed. So with God... Sowing into your hearts now, with you reaping the fruit of the co-laboring of someone else, there's a new seed that is placed in your heart, not to devour just for yourself, but to sow. It's a contagious Christianity, family. It's a contagious relationship. It's a continuous building. It is not just the co-laboring of the hand. It's the co-laboring of both hands, of both legs, of both feet, of all your eyes. You cannot walk like we said last week. You cannot walk or run on one leg. You are going to look funny. And I want to end off with this. This is the promise that the Lord gave me yesterday. Isaiah 55 verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. This is the Lord speaking, saying, listen, my word, whatever I speak, whatever calling I place upon someone's life, whatever purpose I have for someone, for you, for every single one of us, Whatever calling I have, whatever my word is that goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not 
return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, not, we, not what we please, that which what pleases the Lord, and it shall prosper in the thing where to ascend it. Family, our dependency, our expectation, our surrender, our upside down living is directly correlated to this verse, Isaiah 55 verse 11. That means that if God has placed a word, a calling over your life, we have to make sure to be obedient. The same way it says, um, the Lord says to Solomon, listen, if you obey my laws and keep my word, then I will keep my promise. And so that's why we see why Jesus, when he came to earth, he said, I do nothing unless I see my father do. Amen. So family, I want to send you off with that today. I want to send you off with a shift in your kingdom purpose. I want to send you off in a shift of how we treat and how we act in our kingdom purpose. Because whatever we sow, whatever we co-labor God with, is the potential seed for someone else to come close to God. I mean, the, the fruit that we, that we bear, is that right? Fruit that we bear? Fruit that we bear. It's always difficult. The fruit that we bear, family, has the potential seed for one of your family members to come close to God. That's enough said, family. Amen? Amen. Family, it's been so wonderful being here. Listen, uh, it's, I just pinch myself the fact that we get to be here. I honestly am in a place where every weekend God just opens up a new door saying, listen, you have seen nothing yet. And it's not by your might. <laughs> I am building my church, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. Family, we are going into a time of the salvation call. And this is the fruit and the potential seed that is going to be placed in your heart right now. And I want you to close your eyes and I'm going to just read with you the scripture or, or just sharing the, the principle behind what we're doing. Now, Nicodemus saw that the ministry of Jesus was different. It had the same words, but it was different. It was alive. It was true. It was not perverse. 
And so Nicodemus came to Jesus and he asked, listen, I can see that there's something different. I can see that you are the true Messiah. And then Jesus said to him, listen, you have to be born again. No one can enter the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again. And Nicodemus thought, man, oh man, this is another funny story. Nicodemus could not wrap his brain around that it was a spiritual rebirth, that it was a spiritual birth. And so family, if we are stuck in the religion of what we do, odds are we going to be having the same reaction as Nicodemus. But nevertheless, the Lord says, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven unless you are born again. And now we ask, how do we do it? Maybe you are at a place right now where you can feel the Lord speaking in and through you. The Lord says, listen, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now family, I don't know where you are right now. But if God is calling you to a place of salvation, a place where you need to give your life to God, a new, a fresh, and not a, a perverse version of what you think it should be, complete surrenderance. If God is calling you to that place, with eyes closed, I want you to just raise your hand. And you might ask, Pastor, listen, why do I need to do that? Well, it's very simple. If you cannot acknowledge God before men, Jesus says, I will not acknowledge you before my Father. And so with eyes closed, there's a lot of hands already going up. And the Spirit Himself, family, will testify with you in this moment. And I'm just going to pray for us. Father, right now, we seek your face. Father, right now, as you call us to an upside-down life, where you are first and we are second, right now, as you call us to your kingdom purpose, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit from this day forth will lead and be a lamp upon the feet of your children. Father, I pray that every person that his hands is raised right now, Father, that you will refresh them 
with a new anointing. Father, for those who are, you are just tugging on their heart, saying, listen, my son, my daughter, you have done so good, but you have forgotten your first love. Father, I just pray that you will draw them back with this call. Draw them back with this call, saying, Lord, here I am. Send me. So family with eyes closed. I just want you to pray this after me. And for the benefit of everyone family. Can we pray this as a congregation. As, as a unity. Father right now. I give you my heart. I give you. The reins of my life. Father, right now, I surrender completely. Come into my life and do the good work that you have placed upon me. Father, right now, I proclaim that your good word over my life will not return to you void but it will return to you bearing much fruit for your kingdom father i love you and i know that without you i'm nothing so come into my life right now holy spirit I just pray that you would fill them right now. Just touch the hearts of your people. More, more, more. A complete restoration. Anointing afresh. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen, family.